0: This is part two now, or session number two, on Ephesians four eleven to 14. He, the risen Christ, when he ascended, gave gifts, and uh, that includes gifts to individuals, as we saw in verse 7. Every saint in the church receives grace and gifting from the risen Christ, and the form that that takes for some is he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be shepherds and teachers for the equipping of all the saints who also have gifts from the risen Christ, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of The faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may be no longer children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. And so, what we want to do in this session is simply identify these four groups why they're here how they're different and what we can learn for the church now from them father show us why you gave apostles prophets evangelists shepherds and teachers and apply this to our love for the church and our desire to be in the church and fed by the church and submissive to the leaders of the church come and teach us now i pray in Jesus' name, who gave these gifts, amen. Whenever I see a list like this, I ask, okay, now why these particular elements are mentioned? What was Christ doing? And the best way to get at that is to analyze each one, how they're alike and how they're different. So here's the first thing I think it's helpful to say. apostles and prophets have been mentioned together twice already. So that's why I'm going to circle them together. Let's go back and see them. These are not coming out of nowhere. So here we are at chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ himself being the cornerstone. So, the church is built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. And then again, in chapter 3, we read, verses 4 and 5, When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed, to his holy apostles and prophets. So the reason that the apostles and prophets are foundational for the church is because they are the recipients of revelation that had never been given before. So apostles and prophets are different from shepherds, teachers, evangelists because these are foundational. Revelation has been given to them. Now, there is a difference between prophets and apostles in authority. Prophets do not have the same authority as apostles. Both evidently are recipients of revelation, but the prophets had to submit to the apostles and were not counted authoritative in the same way. We saw this as we dealt with 2.20 and 3.5. But let me just point it out here in 1 Corinthians 14. If anyone thinks that he's a prophet, all right, there's prophet and Paul's talking. Paul the apostle is talking. Or spiritual. He should acknowledge. So this prophet should acknowledge that the things I am writing to you are a command of the Lord. So prophets, you must submit and acknowledge that I am communicating these. If anyone does not recognize this, if this prophet does not agree that Paul is the recipient of a unique authoritative revelation, he is not recognized. It could hardly be clearer that prophet and apostle Paul are not on the same par when it comes to authority. Nevertheless, both are foundational for the church. And both are receiving revelation. The reason the apostles are uniquely authoritative is because Jesus appeared to all of them, spent time with them, and commissioned them. Paul says, Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? And then he gives this explanatory question Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? So even though Paul was a late comer to the apostleship. He had to have had a personal encounter with the living Christ and be commissioned by him to be an apostle. Prophets did not have to have that experience. So apostles and prophets are both foundational because both are receiving revelation, even though prophets are subordinate to apostles. now. What do you do with foundational revelation upon which the church is built? You do two things. You herald it to unbelievers to gather churches through conversion, and shepherds or pastors of those flocks teach them. That's the way I see these two relating to each other and these two together relating to this. So first come the authoritative recipients of Revelation. They laid the foundation together. When you have a foundation that is laid with Jesus as the cornerstone, you need people who are specially gifted in heralding. Evangelist is a word built on evangel, which means gospel. These are gospelers, missionaries, evangelists. They could overlap with these, And the apostles and prophets may have done this, but there are people who have to spread the good news so that Christians can, or the the, the elect can be converted, gathered into flocks, and then you need shepherds. And the reason he didn't say here, some to be teachers, noticed, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be shepherds. But he didn't say, and some to be teachers, because he's treating these two as one. Because teaching is what shepherds do primarily. You can see that and how it fits together in a glimpse into Jesus' life. When Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he began to teach them. That's what shepherds do when they see flocks gathering. And oh my, what I would underline here as I close this session is the reason teaching is so appropriately highlighted here, even though it of course takes place within preaching. Don't play these off against each other. In 2 Timothy 4, two. It says, preach the word. And the word is preach, not teach. But then it adds, just two verses later, with all teaching. <laughs> so preachers are teachers. So teaching is the opening explanation of all the reality implied in this evangel here. And just think of it. Think how much reality in uh, chapters one through three of Ephesians. Has been opened to us that most of the world, and I would say even most Christians today, do not know. It was election, predestination, adoption, redemption, sealing with the Holy Spirit, God making alive through new birth, becoming part of the people of Israel. All those realities, most people know nothing about them. And what a tragedy it is when churches are gathered and pastors think their main job is to somehow entertain people by saying immediately practical things about their marriages and their finances and their kids when what they need is the whole world to be blown up with a new reality. Because look, as you go on, you get the impression, oh, I see why this is so important. It's for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of god so that we won't be children tossed to and fro by waves and blown around by every wind of doctrine you see the connection teachers you got to give knowledge teachers you got to give doctrine paul's main concern with preparing the church to be the uh, fullness of Christ in the world and forever is that they need to be taught the things that, in, that are in Ephesians 1 through 3. So he gave the church foundational revelation. He gave those who go out and tell about this to all kinds of people. They gather them into churches, into flocks, and shepherds devote themselves primarily to teaching them so that this comes about, which we look at next time.